Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to From a Certain Point of View. I am Josh, and this is the Weekly POV. Today, we are talking about my recommendations for you, uh, the past week in news, and I am giving you my top five of 2022 in movies and TV. But let's get started with my recommendations for this week. Recently, I watched Everything, Everywhere, All at Once on Showtime. It's streaming on Showtime right now. And... I was very impressed by it. I didn't know what to expect going into it. I had really no expectations. I hadn't watched anything about it. I just heard that it was good um, and checked the Rotten Tomato scores and everything like that. And so, you know, I went into this and I have to say this is not a movie for everybody. Um, There's certainly certainly not a movie for kids or for the family. Um, But, you know, it has a lot of definitely, you know, content in it that's for adults only. Um, But if you get beyond that stuff and get past that stuff, I mean, the movie is wonky. It's weird. It's bizarre, but but it has a really good message. It's very layered. It's, um, you know, it's very much character driven and story driven. It's basically about this Chinese family that's kind of struggling to get by. And um, the mother in particular is dealing with all these different things with her her relationship with her daughter. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in it. In, in all those layers and everything. And so I, I think this is one that's that's going to be up for, you know, some nominations in the Academy Awards. Um, and, you know, Harrison Ford apparently feels the same way when he uh, praised Ki Huai Kwan's performance. And of course, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, um, but he was data or data in the Goonies. And he also was um, short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Harrison Ford said he's really terrific in his movie. He said, I'm so glad to see him and what he's become. I'm so happy for him. He's such a happy guy, too. (laughs) Um, He says he would probably get an Academy Award nomination for the performance. And Ford said, well deserved, well deserved. Um, So, you know, we, we could be seeing that. And yeah, so I recommend everything, everywhere, all at once. I also started playing The Last of Us remake on PS5 because I I was recently lucky enough to get a a PS5 on the PlayStation Store. I'd only been trying to get one for a couple years like everybody else. Um, But The Last of Us remake is really, it feels like a ground up remake. I mean, there's noticeable changes in the graphics and the lighting, um, in the character's facial expressions, everything just looks and feels better and it pulls you in even more. And the last of us is one of my favorite video games of all time. I was excited to get to play it on PS five. Again, I'm only a couple hours in, um, but I'm very impressed. And I just finished um, another one of my favorite video games of all time, uncharted on PS five as well. So I I definitely recommend those as, as two of my top video games and moving into, um, the news for this week, we were pretty light on the news, but let's um, head over to the box office results. I was curious to see what Avatar The Way of Water could do in its second weekend, Um, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, it only dropped 52% in its second weekend, which is not bad at all. Um, If you're looking at longevity, then this puts Avatar The Way of Water in a pretty good place. Um, so far domestically, it's made a total of 287 million. It earned 90 million over the four day weekend this past weekend. And it earned even more over internationally as well. Um, so it has a worldwide total of 855 million and it's only in its second week. So, you know, I, I think this is 
obviously going to crack a billion and i think it could become the top grossing film of 2022 it would have to pass top gun maverick which is right around 1.5 billion which i i think it has the legs to do i'm actually going to see it um wednesday night which for me that's like two nights from now so i'm, I'm excited to check it out speaking of avatar and this is nothing really new this isn't a new strategy i mean this has been done as far back as maybe Back to the Future, parts two and three. I mean, Lord of the Rings filmed back to back to back. Um, but Avatar two and three were filmed back to back to avoid the Stranger Things effect, I guess, as um, James Cameron said. Um, you know, we we shot over an 18-month period. He said, otherwise you get, and I love Stranger Things, you get the Stranger Things effect where they're supposed to still be in high school, but they look like they're 27. <laughs> um, so I, I guess he, he was trying to avoid that. He pokes a little fun at Stranger Things. We'll get back to Stranger Things in, in just a little bit when we get to my top five. Um, but The Way of Water was filmed back to back. So hopefully it can hit that release date for Avatar 3, supposedly coming out December 20th, 2024. We'll see if that happens if you are an Avatar fan. But let's move over to another franchise. We're going to talk a little bit about, about Star Wars here, particularly the Ahsoka series that's coming to Disney Plus in 2023. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead's role has been revealed, um, according to a report from the Bespin Bulletin. And again, this hasn't been 100% confirmed, but she is set to play Hera Syndulla. If this is in fact true, I'll be very excited because... You know, I, I want this show to be a live action continuation of Rebels. And at the end of Rebels, we saw Sabine and Ahsoka, you know, who are basically going to go look for Ezra. And, and maybe this is going to be in the Unknown Regions. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where that takes us. But I'm excited about Ahsoka and The Mandalorian th Season 3 in particular. Sticking with um, Lucasfilm, let's talk a little bit about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Director James Mangold talked about the tone of this final adventure for Indiana Jones. And, you know, he briefly talked about Logan where that was a more serious, grim, dark um, movie. And Indiana Jones, he said, would not be like that. He says, this is an Indiana Jones film. It's gonna be a romp with adventure and action and chivalry and escapes and, and all those things. So I, I think anybody looking for an Indiana Jones that feels like Indiana Jones, I, I think it looks like they should be pleased. And speaking of Wolverine and Logan, um, Wolverine's Deadpool 3 return involves time travel, so it won't devalue Logan, um, according to an interview on SiriusXM with um, Hugh Jackman. He said, um, it was funny, he said, all because of this device they have in the Marvel world of moving around timelines, now we can go back because it's science. <laughs> he says, so we don't have to screw with the Logan timeline, which is important to me and, and the fans too. So that should be a relief for fans as well that um, that won't affect Logan in any way. And um, last but not least, showrunner of The Last of Us, Craig Mason, um, says that The Last of Us is the greatest story ever told in video games. I don't know if you would agree or disagree with that, but um, for me, it's one of the best. But um, he spoke to Empire Magazine, and I'm really excited to see what Craig Mazin does with The Last of Us because I thought he did a fantastic job with Chernobyl. That, that series blew me away, and, and it's on HBO Max if you haven't checked it out yet. Of course, it tells all you know the events of the Chernobyl accident and everything. 
But about The Last of Us, Craig said, it's an open and shut case. This is the greatest story that's ever been told in, in video games. Um, he said, um, the fact that they kept it so grounded and really made you feel, he said, I had never experienced anything like it. And I've been playing video games since 1977. So, you know, it seems like this story is very personal to him, which, which I think usually makes for a better product. So I'm excited. The Last of Us um, is coming, I believe, January 15th to HBO Max. So that is it for the news. And now we're going to move into what you've been waiting for. This is the top five in 2022. And, and this is my top five total, including movies and TV, all in top five. But I also have a couple honorable mentions. Um, so my first honorable mention that I wanted to mention is Avatar The Way of Water um, because I haven't seen it yet. So this could make it into my top five. You know, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll give you guys a, a full re review after I see it in a couple days here. Um, so Avatar The Way of Water, it's getting great reviews um, on Rotten Tomatoes. If, you know, if that's an indicator for you, I think it has a audience score of 93% right now. Another honorable mention is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Again, this isn't in my top five this year, but I think it's very well done. I think, you know, it's going to receive a lot of nominations. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting, and it, it kind of really drew me in, and I was, you know, very excited about what I was seeing. Coming in at an honorable mention for TV is Ozark Season 4. I was a huge Ozark fan for its run. Um, I thought it was, again, very well done, very well acted, very intriguing. You know, similar to Breaking Bad, but also different. It really focused on this family's struggle with this drug cartel. And, and I thought Jason Bateman was terrific as Marty Bird. Um, I, you know, I, I loved his portrayal of that character. There was just a lot of standouts in this show. Laura Linney. Um, as Wendy Bird I, was was fantastic. Um, Julia Garner as Ruth was a fan favorite. And, you know, I, I think the, the only thing I wasn't a fan of with that was that character, um, how she how her character ends up. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ozark was great. It made my honorable mention. Another honorable mention for TV is Andor. And, um, you know, I, I had really high hopes for Andor. I am a huge fan of Rogue One. It is probably in my, it's definitely in my top five Star Wars movies, might even be in the, you know, top four. Um, I think it's my favorite Disney era Star Wars movie. It, it for me, it was just, it, it really felt like a Star Wars movie and led so nicely into A New Hope, but it stood on its own, had I love the new characters that were established, you know, Cassie and Andor being one of them. Um, Jen Urso, you know, I, I just loved Rogue One. I can't say enough about that movie. And so I was really expecting, I had high expectations for Andor. Um, and unfortunately, the first time I watched this show, I was a little bit disappointed um, by it. I guess I was expecting Andor to be like a rebel spy from the, from the get-go. And we would get like flashbacks of when he was six years old, like he says, you know, he's been in this fight for six years old, but since he was six, I, I don't think we saw a six year old Cassian Andor in this show. There are flashbacks. Um, so I didn't really get much from the flashbacks that were shown, you know, other than 
you know, he was involved in, in kind of this conflict since he was young. Um, and, and he's really, it really didn't deliver on him being a rebel spy in the early days of the rebellion. This was more of him getting to that point and, and, and how he, which, you know, I guess it makes sense to go back and even further and, and tell how he, you know, became part of the rebellion. Um, so the second time through, I've been, I wanted to give it another chance and I've really enjoyed it a lot the second time. I think it's very well done. Um, you know, it, the, the direction, the, the writing, the dialogue is great. The acting is very, very good. Um, you know, I, I think it's a very well done show. It, it doesn't, there are parts of it that doesn't really feel like Star Wars. Um, and at first I didn't really find myself connecting with the characters, but this second time through has helped that. And I really think this show should have been released in three episode arcs. Um, you know, like the first three episodes were, I think they should have done that with all 12, in my opinion, I, I think, because there's, it's a slow burn and there's build up to these, you know, last episodes in each arc that really delivers some action and some Star Wars feeling action and everything like that. And I, I loved how they portrayed the Empire. I think that's, maybe the strongest part of this show. And there's a lot of political stuff with Mon Mothma that, you know, I, I didn't love, but, um, you know, and, and or and everything that happens with him is interesting. And then the, the way they portrayed the empire and just the struggles every day that, that people are dealing with, I think it did a great job with that. So that is Andor, And, um, now we're going to move into the top five. Now I want to say that, um, there were a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows I was looking forward to in 2020, mainly TV shows. I was, you know, I was looking forward to Ozark, Obi-Wan, Andor, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, um, House of the Dragon, so many different shows, especially, you know, Stranger Things, all those. Um, so this is what made my top five in movies and TV in 2022. Coming in at number five is Better Call Saul, um, season six, the final season. I thought this was very well done. I was a huge Breaking Bad fan, and this season really leads into the events of Breaking Bad in a, in a satisfying way, in a way that really makes sense. Um, but but this is this last season was almost like almost like two shows in one because the end of the season and these episodes were like all in black and white, and it was sort of a flash forward to what happens after Breaking Bad. Um, so that wasn't that was kind of hard to watch. It was hard to watch, um, Saul's decline and what he ends up becoming. Um, but there's still a ray of hope in the end there. And I loved his relationship with Kim Wexler in this. I think Bob Odenkirk, Kirk does a fantastic job as Saul and in the schemes that he comes up with were just wonderful to watch and watch them unravel. So, you know, I definitely loved Better Call Saul final season. That's number five. Coming in at number four is The House of Drag the Dragon. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. It's probably my favorite TV show of all time. Um, I even like season eight. I'm one of those weirdos <laughs> that um, didn't expect a happy ending or anything because it's Game of Thrones. I mean, did you watch The Red Wedding? Did you, <laughs> did you, you know, um, see Ned get his head cut off and at the end of season one? I mean, if you, and just like Ramsey Bolton said, if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. But anyway, um, so I was really looking forward to the House of the Dragon, and I felt like it really delivered. I, I felt like it almost felt like that first season of Game of Thrones, 
I thought it was a very well told story and intriguing conversations and schemes and um, the acting was great. The cinematography was, was beautiful. Um, you know, it just really felt good to be back in Westeros again. So I really enjoyed House of the Dragon. Coming in at number three on my list is The Batman. And I am a huge Batman fan. Batman is my favorite superhero because he's so grounded in real life. And he, he feels like you anybody could be Batman, but I guess being a billionaire helps. Um, but I, I was a little hesitant at first about Robert Pattinson being cast in this role, but I was proven wrong. I mean, especially as Batman, as Bruce Wayne, you know, there's some work there to, to do, but he was a great Batman. Um, and, you know, when you look at the surrounding cast, they were great too. I, I think Zoe Kravitz is the Catwoman. I think she nailed it. The Penguin or Oz played by Colin Farrell. It was like a complete transformation. I, I lost Colin Farrell in that performance, um, which I think is the idea. Um, Jeffrey Wright was great as Gordon. And Paul Dano was a very creepy, very convincing, scary Riddler. And I loved the whole, the way they used Riddler in this film to weave like this psychological mystery that was going on. I thought it was very well done. And, and I read year, the year one comic before seeing this. And I think that really in, helped because I felt like it was the comic come to life, but this was more of a year two Batman story, but I love the beginning where's that there's that narration from Robert Pattinson as, as Batman. And, you know, he's kind of journaling and telling the, the story and it's Halloween and it's got this creepy, like dark feel to it. I just thought it was was brilliant. So it's is this movie a little bit too long, probably, um, but I really loved it. So that is number three. Coming in at number two, and what I think is the best film of 2022 is Top Gun Maverick. It's also currently the highest grossing film of 2022, and I don't think that's a coincidence. People love this movie, and rightfully so. Um, Tom Cruise is tremendous in, in this role, coming back as Maverick again, as this kind of hesitant teacher, but he's also the action star. I mean, he gets in the cockpit and he delivers the action big time. I was on the edge of my seat almost this entire movie. Uh, it was funny. It's all the things you want in a movie. I mean, I think this is cinema at its best and they don't make movies like this anymore. And I wish they did. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. But coming in at number one in 2022 for me, and what I think is my favorite season of a TV show ever is Stranger Things season four. Um, for me, this is the Empire Strikes Back of Stranger Things and of TV shows. I, it there's, you know, I, I compared this season to Empire in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you get the reveal of this, of the true villain, Vecna, and, um, you know, his character's identity is revealed. You have this, um, these multiple storylines going on, which also reminded me of the Empire Strikes Back. And to me, they were all really interesting. Most interesting to me was the Hawkins storyline, you know, with like Max and Dustin and Lucas, um, Nancy, you know, I, I love Steve Harrington in this season, um, you know, but th there were a lot of really interesting storylines because you have the whole um, L story and where, where that went with almost like her, 
her training and again to be have powers again and i i love that too the russia storyline was pretty cool um you know if, if there's one that didn't work for me as well it would be the california storyline but um but i loved it all and i i think t- for me this is the greatest season of television um that i've seen in a long time and absolutely loved it but that is my top five in 2022 Um, But I want to know what is your top five in 2022? Let me know in the comments section um, about your top five of this year. And I am looking forward to 2023. And that is likely when I will see you again. But be looking out for that Avatar The Way of Water review coming soon. And until next time, everything I said today was true from a certain point of view.